Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Inside the DV Drama Room. Here we are in PA 120 with the Advanced Theater Arts students. And, and again, we are here uh, talking to someone who has been a part of the Doherty Valley Drama Program. Again, we are speaking with a special guest um, who is joining us from, uh, well, I mean, from the many adventures she's had over the past few years. She was in the program her entire time in high school. She's one of the few students who took drama every single year freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, and um, was a participant in every production and appeared in every production but one. So everyone, uh, she's from the class of 2014. Everyone, please welcome Taylor Kim. (laughs) Taylor. Hi. It's so good to see you. I was I was not prepared for the for the noise, but that was fantastic. I know. Well, you know, we exactly we added a section where we allow the students to actually come up and ask questions, and you'll you'll notice that a lot of them will be you know almost like lining up to ask questions. Sometimes sometimes they want to know what I was like when you were in high school. Oh, and. Um, <laughs> I will say that uh, one of the things that she said to me was that I look the same, even though she graduated 10 years ago. Does not age. Like, I said every time he sees me, I've gained more weight and I have another tattoo, but every time I see him, he looks exactly the same. I know the only thing that's changed is that I have a tattoo now also. Wait, do you actually? I do. No way. Yeah. Where? What is it? It's on my calf. Oh my, okay, you have to show me later. Yeah. That's... But anyway, like I said, it's so good to see you. It's so good to see um, you, too. I love it when I get to talk to you and um, love watching your adventures. And, and I love getting messages from you. So, um, you know, you were part of the program for a long time. Really, the kind of like the founding group of people. Um, we had, I think you came in my second year here. And um, so we really, the only thing that we had done was um, a couple of plays and we did high school musical. And then you came in and um, I will say that, you know, from early on in your freshman year, you know, I saw something special in you, you know, your talent and the work that you did. And so, you know, you auditioned for our play and we were doing a very unique thing where we were actually doing two plays in one night. Mm. Um, the first play was a short play by Steve Martin called Picasso, the Lapana Gilles. And the second one was talking with, which was yes. nothing but girls. Uh, um, and it was all long monologues. Yes. Very. And so, yeah, it's like, it's only you on stage. Really? You know, the other people, the other cast members are sitting behind you, but you, and, and every other uh, person performing in that play would walk to center stage and basically talk for six or seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And that was like the whole scene. I totally forgot about that. I told you, I remember yeah. so many things. Also and, and talking with, yeah, that was the yeah. first. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your memories of being part of the Doherty Valley Drama Program? I even begin I mean I feel like when I look back at high school all of my best memories are definitely here you know my freshman year I was like also knew I hadn't gone to Gale or Windermere like a lot of other people um, I had moved here from Orange County so I remembered some people from like elementary school but mm-hmm. I really wanted to like find a place where I could make friends and like really fit in and I knew I was very interested in theater um, and also I wanted to I wanted to do cheer. So I was a cheerleader for my my first year as well. And I think that was hard because it was like cheer practice and then theater. And I had to pick one. And obviously I chose theater at the end of it. Um, But I think memory wise, you know, it's like all of the hard work, the amazing bond that you have with everybody in this classroom, like during your four years, even if they're older than you, the new people that you meet who are younger than you, like 
you know, just being able to share those memories. You spend so much time with each other when you're in the productions. Um, so I think about all of the the times we went to Safeway, the times we were doing God painting sets in the back room, in the green room, spray painting, you know, just uh, putting eyeliner on the boys for the first time. They're crying tears. It's just, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know, it's just so many fun things that I think about and I just cherish those memories. Um, and of course, all of the amazing lessons that you gave us which I still use in my day-to-day life as an adult, which is crazy. Well, that's good to hear. Um, you mentioned that uh, you were doing cheer. And, you know, in the introduction, I had said that you were involved with every production and you appear, you appeared in every production but one, and that was because you were doing cheer. <laughs> and um, I saw it kind of eat at you as we because we were doing Footloose. Which and is fantastic. Yeah. Obviously. And so I and I know a lot of your friends were in it, you know, um Holly and Amber, Amber. right? And um Zach and so all these people were in it and you were backstage, sometimes in your cheery uniform. Yeah. Um how did that feel? I mean, it was emotionally devastating <laughs> to not be a part of it. Um I mean Footloose is an amazing musical and I think a lot of people already know a lot of the songs, you know, we've seen it in pop culture. And so like, it's, I'm like standing on the side and I'm just like singing along and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be in this so badly. But you did let, I think it was Nikki and I, cause we were both on the cheer team together and you mm-hmm. let us do um, like set crew. So yeah. we were still involved, you know, we would come and we were in all black and we would help remove the set pieces. So like even just being involved in that capacity felt still right. Like, you know, even if you're not on stage, even if you don't get the role that you want, like still being able to contribute to that was, I think, still really meaningful to me. And like, it was, even though maybe I can't do this show because I'm in cheer and I have other multiple commitments, I can still find a way to be involved and I can still be present and I can still contribute in some way. And I think that was really special. Okay. Um, When you were doing shows here, what was your favorite show to work on? Um, I think from a performance perspective, gotta give it to Beauty and the Beast. I mean, that, like, we were forks and knives in that show, and that was so much fun. Um, I think from an emotional perspective, the Laramie Project was really, really special. Um, you know, just the message of that show, being able to really talk about, like, queer experiences in that space, being able to um, be a part of something that was very heavy, but deliver that message to our community, which hadn't been done before. And I know that that was a very controversial show. Um, I think that that was so special. And I look back at that and like, that was such a learning moment for me and like really important in like my emotional and like educational development mm-hmm. as I, I know it was for the rest of the cast. So I think that was really special. Yeah. I remember seeing how moved you and the rest of the cast was when I read uh, an email that the author had sent me, mm-hmm. um, you know, congratulating all of you for being brave enough to do this and, and how, you know, you were the instruments of change. And, um, you know, as I was reading it, you guys started choking up, so I started choking up, and it was a, a pretty moving experience. And did you see the picture of yourself? I, oh, my God. I hate that photo. Um, it's but a great photo. <laughs> I just, like, I look like a little egg. Um, <laughs> but, yes, that is me over there in the, in the corner. Um, but also, too, I think the, um, you know, the Romaine Patterson, my character. Right. The You had the um the lady come and talk to our class and she she gave me that book right so um my high school drama teacher was the first high school teacher to do the Laramie project um she her son uh worked at Berkeley Rep and Berkeley Rep was doing it and so it was the first major theater that was doing um the Laramie Project, and it was being directed by the original director, and it was all the original cast. And um, so she met him and talked to him and talked about the um, how wonderful it would be to bring this to high school audiences, and he was a little unsure. And then, um, unfortunately, at that school, uh, right before they started working on it, 
a transgender student was murdered at that school. Um, some people, uh, she had gone out to a party, ended up with some guys, then somebody told the guys that... Someone outed her. Someone outed her, and they ended up killing her. And so that happened, um, and they had just been given permission to do the Laramie Project, so they did it. And so when they did the show, uh, my teacher got very involved and talked to all the people who were involved with the Laramie Project. Um, I did the lighting for it, and it was there were... It was such a big deal that for me to go see the show, like I had to wear these passes just to go in and I had to go through security because um, the Westboro Baptist Church was at the school protesting. And so it was very surreal to go through that. But when we did the show, um, since she had so much experience with it, I brought her to talk to all of you and um, I think it was great for you. It yeah. was great for her. She still talks about it. That was um, such a meaningful like conversation too to yeah. have her in the classroom because I, you did so much. Now that I'm remembering everything, you did so much work for us on that show. Like I think you had members of the. Um, I can't. Do we have the name for the club? Is it just the LGBTQIA plus? Isn't GS? Thank you. Members of the GSA come mm-hmm. and they were talking about like their their experiences and. You know, I think to do that as an educator at this level, to be able to provide a space for, you know, our peers to talk about their experiences, Mm -hmm. to share that with us as we were going to perform these very heavy, very emotional pieces. Um, very important community. pieces. Yeah, so, so important. And I think that was incredibly valued. And you did, yeah, you did so much work for us on that show because there was so much involved. Well, I mean, it, it, it was a passion piece, you know, for everyone. I wanted all of you to really understand the power that theater can have. Uh, I mean, it was, we did the show and Ms. Gardner came out, you know, she was in the audience. She came out, she came to me. We talk a little bit, you know, we're friendly, um, but we don't know each other that well. And she just came up to me. She was crying and just gave me this huge hug. And um, I invited uh, basically, you know, all there weren't many teachers who were out but i'm like hey we're doing this come see it for free just be here Mm -hmm. and so it was a great experience um what do you think um you took away from this how did this program prepare you for life after high school because you you finished high school and i know here's the thing is that a lot of people uh you didn't follow the traditional doherty route meaning all the APs and all this and all that. And people are like, well, I, I remember one student who said to you, well, I want options when I'm out of high school. And I'm like, um, she's going to have options. So you went to a UC straight out of here. You went to UC Riverside, graduated. Congratulations on that. Um, but how do you think that uh, being in this program prepared you for life after high school? Yeah, that's a a great question. And I actually talk about this all the time because it's something that I'm sure you guys have probably heard Mr. Vega say once or twice that like there are things that you learn here in this classroom that you will take with you and that will be applied. But it's hard to know what what that is exactly when you're still in high school. So I think first and foremost, it does prepare you for college, right? For those of you who decide that that's what you want to do next in your educational journey, um, you think, like, don't get me wrong, Doherty, this is, it's a, it's a demanding high school. The culture here is very academically inclined. College is another level, right? It's, you're on your own. You're in charge of disciplining yourself. You're in charge of managing your own time. All of a sudden, like, your parents aren't around to make your doctor's appointment or call the teacher for you. So it's, you know, that sense of independence and really understanding what that is day to day. Um, And I think that having so much structure and guidance and discipline in this classroom really will help you for whatever class or whatever journey you take next, whether that's academic or professional. Um, I think all of the little things as well, like I tell Mr. Vega all the time, like I just, I hear his voice in my mind, like early is on time. On time is late. 
you know, like he told me to be here at 1215. I was at the office at 1207 because I was like, you know what? Like he's gonna, he's gonna be looking at the clock. I just know it. And so I was like, I gotta be, um, you know, on time. Um, things like that because, or like the difference between good, great and excellent is this much. I think about that in like the quality of my work, right? Like when I'm doing a project and I'm, I'm going into an interview, I'm evaluating like my work, I'm turning something in because that doesn't stop at school. Like once you have a job and you're working in the real life, like your work is literally homework assignments, it's meetings, it's all of those things. And I think it's, it's those little quips of mentorship and guidance that you realize apply you for what really is out there. Because in the real world, I'm going to be honest, like being an adult is awesome. It's, uh, it's great. It's awesome. But it's also a lot of work. It's a lot right. of responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. It's not, you know, it's not all fun and games, right? Like shit gets serious for lack of a better term. Yeah. So I think like having such a strong foundation to rely on for all of those little things, teamwork, getting along and working with people that you never want to see again in your life, <laughs> you know, effective communication, I actually, in the job that I just got, I just got a, a new job, which I'm very excited about. Um, oh, thanks, guys. In the interview process, they were actually telling me that they were having a very difficult um, time with the departments communicating with each other so that they, in fact, they were like over-communicating and communication and integration still wasn't good. And they were like, what are some ways that you think that you can help with that, right? And I said that I think that Effective communication is not only sending your intended message to the correct person, but also ensuring that they receive it. And that's something I learned from Mr. Vega. And I'm not even joking. The guy who was the department head or interviewed me, his jaw dropped. And he was like, that's such a good answer. And I was like, (laughs) 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 thank you. Um, So, yeah, I mean, just, you know, little things like that. Like I, all the being in your classroom for four years and hearing all of that and like, learning it and then taking it with me elsewhere. Like it shows up every day. It shows up every day in my work, in the way that I communicate with others, in the way that I treat people. And when I look back and reflect at how much I've grown and matured, you know, all of those things. And so it's just the, the sprinkle of yeah. your tutelage there. And I, I, I like that you brought up um, working with people that you might have, um, may not get along with. Because and, and here's the thing, and this is – when she graduated, her class was probably the most talented class that came out of this school. Really good group. Um, you know, I mentioned Holly, uh, Amber. Um, you also had um, Joy, Cameron. Joy, they all work Cameron. Now, like. Right. You know, Joy Afodu, most of you may have heard of her because she comes back a lot. And her sister just graduated last year. Amazing. Um, She's like a big time influencer. Mm -hmm. uh, And she's doing so much right now. Um, And some, and and you mentioned, you know, when they were playing Bang, they were all so nice. You guys were, were all so competitive. Yeah. I saw it a little more the second round because you get like, you know, it was like someone's name and then it was like a pot thing. And I was like, oh my God, we were vicious. Like we wanted to win every game, every day, all of us. And I think it's like, because we were all so competitive and also very close with each other that we were all kind of like driving that everybody wanted to do, you know, like everyone was at that level and like really pushing each other. And um, it was so much fun. But one of the things that, um, you know, I, I mention it to the students sometimes, but um, during your senior year, we did a show near the end, Steel Magnolias, mm. um, where there were times where none of you were getting along. And there, <laughs> were, there were fights. And I remember one time oh I, God. like, really, I canceled the rehearsal part of it just to say that all of you need to get your crap together and work together. But when you saw the final product of the show, you would never guess that you were all waiting for this to end so that you didn't have to see one another again. Mm -hmm. Um, We were professionals. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it came across and it's like, I learned stuff from that. And, um, you know, 
Camille would communicate with me. Like she would say, this is what I think. And then uh, Sanam would say, well, this is what I think. And uh, Leah would say, well, this is what I think. The only one who, the only two who ever kept to themselves were Kelsey and Megan. Yeah. Like they didn't get involved, but all you seniors were just kind of like. Duking it out. Ready to knock each other out. Yeah. Um, How do you think you got through that? You know, I think like. Okay, part of it is that, like, we were high school girls, you know, like... I and this is a play with nothing but girls. Yes. And yeah. what is it, six girls? I think so, yeah. Six or seven. Sanam, Camille, you... Leah. Leah, Megan. And Kelsey. And, and Kelsey, six girls. Yeah. <sighs> On stage pretty much the entire time. Yeah. I mean, I think... You know, a huge credit to you because we all know Mr. Vega is literally like a dad. He's everyone's dad. I mean, I still feel like he's like my dad in some capacity because even as an adult, I'm like, I got a new job. Like, I'm in charge of people now. Like, how do I manage people that are like way older than me? What do I do? You know, and I'm like, he's going to be like one of the first people that I call. Um, So I think, you know, a huge credit goes to you for really guiding us through that because you are a father. You have a daughter, you know. You know, like it sometimes it's just it is what it is, right? Like we're high school girls. Like we can be super catty and I definitely look back and I cringe at some of those (laughs) the things I said or that you know I'm like oh my god that was heinous you know but um yeah I think a part of it like is was the time and and your your advice and also just like really understanding that at the end of the day like to participate in a production is a privilege Mm. to be able to be on stage and to share that stage even if it's someone that you is just like annoying you to the nth degree like, this girl just does not get it. Oh, my God. Like, I cannot stand her personality. I hope after this I never see you again. I never work with you again. I'm unfollowing you on Instagram. Do not talk to me. Like, no, seriously. That's, that's what it's like, you know? But at the end of the day, it's not about your relationship with that person. It's about the final product, right? At, even if you didn't get along, I think, like, we all understood that we wanted right. to do this production. Yeah. We knew it was a special show. We knew that this was something that you picked because – a part of the reason was you knew that we could do it. Right, you exactly. You knew that you had the right I'm like, group. I have so many talented people in this class. I need to do something that's going to showcase them. Mm-hmm. And and for the we had a lot of talented guys as well. And so we did... Uh, Biloxi Blues. We did Biloxi Blues. So one night we would do Biloxi Blues. The next night we would do um, uh, Steel Magnolias. And they, they flopped. So it was... Um, I want to say three performances yeah. of each or something like that. Oh my gosh, that was um, so, but anyway, uh, I'm glad that you contact me. Like, you know, when you would reach out and say, Hey, can we FaceTime? I'm like, oh, so flattered, but, um, I'm sure that the students have questions for you and, uh, we're going to invite them up <laughs> to ask their questions. I will Devious say things. knowing this group, some, some of those questions will be, you know, genuinely, wanting to learn about you and some will be a little more lighthearted. Okay, well I can't wait. Bring it on. Hello. Hi, I love your shirt. Oh thank you. And I just wanted to say I love your tattoos. That's actually what my question is about. Do any of them have like a special meaning to you? And if so, like what's the meaning behind them? Good question. I would say there's a couple. I mean I have like a lot. So I would say the one that's probably the most important to me is actually the one on my leg here, which is a Scottish thistle. And that is because um, the Scottish Thistle is the logo for the Encyclopedia Britannica. And when I was younger, my dad had this huge collection that I was obsessed with. I always read it as a kid. And I think that kind of like, you know, when, I, when he had me on the weekends, that was like what I did. You right. know, and that really like kind of sparked my love of reading. But I later learned when my family immigrated from Korea to the United States, my grandpa took out a loan to buy that set of Encyclopedia Britannica so that my aunts and my dad could Mm -hmm. learn English and could learn. And, you know, like all three of them graduated from UC Berkeley. They all did very well for themselves and, you know, ended up being very, very successful. So that's like something that reminds me of like my family heritage, like the immigrant experience and like, you know, something that reminds me to like learn, stay curious and work hard. Excellent. Uh, my name's Brianna, and I was just wondering, did doing theater in high school have any impact on your plans for f- in the future? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when I finished, I was like, yeah, I'm going to, like, I'm going to study theater, and I'm going to, like, really work towards that. But 
even though I love theater and it's like my passion, I also felt very called towards I don't want to say like corporate America. I feel like that's like not like exactly the right thing. Right. But I know that, you know, I think going down that route of like pursuing your passions, especially in the arts, we know that that's rarely like Mm self-sustainable. And I was super independent at that time. Like my parents are rich. There's no trust fund. There's no like backup. And so if I wanted a life for myself, I was going to have to like really focus on that. And I, I felt like I was very interested in like, digital marketing in the e-commerce space, which is where I currently work. And, um, I, you know, there was a little bit of that like switch there yeah. and it was hard for me to like really kind of give that up in a way and pursue like a t- more typical nine to five, if you will. Um, but I think it also gave me the confidence to pursue that, right? Like the confidence of, of understanding like what I've learned in theater to pursue hard work that is still going to be rewarding. Yeah. I would say that w- going through high school, um, I saw you as somebody who would always appreciate the theater, but was going to explore some career option where you were a leader. Mm-hmm. And that's what I saw in you. It's like, this is a person who wants to be a leader and is going to be a leader. And it probably won't be in theater, although she probably could do it, but she's going to go off in this direction. Yeah, I think that's a good point too. Like it really influenced like my my understanding of leadership because like I think there were a lot of times in high school that I wasn't a good leader or wasn't the most effective leader. You can have leadership qualities, but they need to be nurtured mm-hmm. to really get to that point where you lead and then to get to that point where you manage. And those are two very like different things, which Mr. Vega is fantastic at doing both and teaching as well, which is like three, you know, you're really just killing us over here. But I think like understanding that personal development for myself and, and really figuring out like, Hey, like this is something that I'm, I'm good at. And this is something I'm passionate about. And I'm one of the, I think I'm actually the youngest director at my company now. So my direct reports and like my other counterparts are like all much older than me, which is a little bit yeah. different, but that's okay. A lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Hi, Taylor. I'm Rihanna. Hi. Uh, was there ever a moment where you knew like you made the right decision by joining theater? God, right decision. I mean, I think the first day I stepped into the classroom, really, like I was bright eyed and bushy tailed and really nervous, but didn't know what to expect. And just like immediately that sense of like home and community, like because there were the older kids who already kind of like knew each other. And it was a really big group that first year because this was before you separated it to. Well, yeah. So what it was, it was like the third year of drama mm-hmm. and we didn't have enough students who were advanced and enough students who were in theater one. So they combined it. And so it was this huge class with multiple levels. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a challenge. But, you know. But it was the best. I mean, like being able to just be in the same classroom as so many different people, that level of diversity with like talent, backgrounds, like it was so much fun. And I think just like literally that first day, I was like, you know, you, you felt the vibes. And you, met, you made an impression enough that I can remember that you were sitting basically right there <laughs> on the floor on day one. Crisscross applesauce. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Um, so like you, I am also in cheer and theater. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, um, how did you balance that? And how did you like try to find like an equilibrium between two like passions of yours? Mm-hmm. That's a really great question. I think it was a lot of scheduling and it's a lot of knowing that, you know, I'm not going to be done at two or three every day. Like I'm here till like five or six. Right. So it was cheer practice. And then I think thankfully our rehearsal for some of the productions was a little bit later, or I forgot how I, how we like staggered it, but the original, I think because talking with the way you coordinated it, Mm -hmm. I was able to do that with cheer, but I remembered, Oh my gosh, like the day we auditioned for talking with Nikki and I, we, we, we're on the track. We were running our miles, and then we immediately left. We came to aud- or no, we came, we auditioned first. You let us go first. Then we bolted it to cheer practice right after. Um, but yeah, I think just like understanding that, like I I knew I wasn't going to be able to do every production. I knew that there were going to be days where I was like, or months and weeks where I was doing something every day. Um, I think just like having that mindset that like you're not going to really get a day off and like if you really want both of those things and have to make it work, you're going to have to compromise in some places and you're going to have to give all that you have through all that. 
Um, and I think after that first year, again, like not being in Footloose, as I said, emo- just, I was like, oh, I need, I want to be on that stage so much more than I want to be in the sport that for me it felt like an easy decision Mm -hmm. at the end of that um but I know it's not going to be the same for everybody else so I think like really deciding like if you're okay with that compromise of like maybe I do one production a year and I am still able to do my sport then you know I think it's manageable thank you Mm -hmm. hi Hi. I'm Caitlin nice to meet you Caitlin I know everyone's been asking really serious questions, <laughs> but <laughs> I I'm just required to ask you a very very important question. Go it's for very it. Important. Okay, so if you could be a fairy, a princess, a mermaid, a vampire, or a rock star, or any combination of those things, what would you be? Okay, um, I am inclined to say mermaid because like that sounds so cool, like breathing underwater and like. There's so much that we haven't explored, so I think being able to do that is cool. But I would probably want to combine that with being a vampire just for, like, the <laughs> aesthetics and the appeal, you know? Like, I feel like I'm very much, like, a, I love pink and, like, flowers and girly things. But then also, like, I would totally be down to, like, live in a castle. I love the color black, <laughs> right, you know? Like, so I feel like a mermaid and, and vampire combo would probably be what I would lean towards. Vampiric mermaid. Yeah. I gotta get claps for that. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Uh, uh, how does it make you feel 10 years uh, after your high school experience being here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like seeing everything, the drama community grow and stuff. All right, I wanna say it's been nine years, <laughs> not 10. <laughs> um, well, you know, this is the seniors are the class of 2024. So that's 10 years Yeah, I guess you. Like, okay. All right. Now I'm sweating. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, it feels great. Like, as soon as I walked in here, it's like, again, it's that feeling of, like, home. Like, I've spent so much time in this literal room that it's kind of, like, it's just that core memory that's, like, unlocked. And I actually told Mr. Vega before you guys came in the class, I was like, it's crazy seeing how much has changed and also how little has changed. Like, these chairs, those books in the back, like, these, like, all of this has been here for forever, you know? So it's, it's, it's like a, it's a weird trip. It's like looking into like a, um, what's it called? Time capsule yeah. almost. Yeah. yeah. But in the best way. The only thing that's missing is the mall cop poster that we used to have. Oh up. my God. The Paul Blart. Yeah. Oh. Paul Blart yes. mall cop. <laughs> oh, um, the, the person who played Paul Blart's daughter came to this school to, uh, talk to the students Winnie and Winnie. yeah. Yeah. <gasps> And so her, her brother, her brother was here as well. Uh, it was at that time he, they hadn't started Modern Family yet. He he was just cast oh in Modern Family. And she was like she had already been on Disney Channel. Yeah, she had been like on that. Disney Channel. She had done that, and so she was the one. She, like she's a special guest, and then she's like, oh, by the way, my brother was just cast in a pilot. Uh, that's going to be coming out called uh, Modern Family. And so all the students are kind of like, what's that? And um, so. Uh, maybe I'll show you guys the picture of him hanging out by my desk. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. But, but she signed a poster for us, so we had it up for a long, long time. <laughs> what happened to it? I don't know. Someone stole it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how I could beat that. but um, So there's a tradition that we have for podcasts um, that started last year. Oh, boy. Where I must ask you, um, do you like mafia stories? Mafia stories? Yeah. Uh, yeah if you were in a mafia story would you be the person dating the person in the mafia or would you be the person in the mafia you know okay i feel like i'm inclined to be like i would be dating like you know like the gangster but then (laughs) low key on the lowest of keys i do kind of feel like i would be capable of running like a mafia empire for sure you know um gotta pull the trigger and you can't hesitate sometimes uh, just, kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, which mafia would it be? Um, I feel like, you know, we, we, you got to go for like the traditional kind of like the godfather type of, you know, or actually what am I thinking? What is that I'm thinking of where Jack Nicholson plays? Is it the departed? Yeah. The Irish mafia. Yes. Where he just like 
breaks the guy's arm and mm-hmm. throws some money on him and then like fixes his like cuff after i was like Whoa. ice cold yeah. yeah yeah thank you uh she would <laughs> definitely be the mafioso um <laughs> it, uh, well here taylor not, not is the, the type side. of no taylor is the type of person who is not going to let anyone dictate what she does she's always going to do what she feels is right for her. All right. And that's not her taking advantage of anybody, but she'll say, you know, Hey, you know, it's really great being friends with you, but because you don't want me to do this, we're not going to be able to hang out anymore (laughs) because I'm going to go do my thing. I'm a Slytherin. That helps put things into perspective. Yeah. Hi, I'm Calvin. Uh, first question. Uh, do you play uh, video games for chance? Oh my God, I do. Oh, okay, I do. Okay. I'm actually like a lot nerdier than people think I am. <laughs> so like, I love Pokemon games. Um, I have a Switch. So I've done like Arceus. Um, I'm playing Violet right now. I just finished Let's Go Eevee, um, Shield, and Diamond. And let me tell you, my teams are stacked. <laughs> I'm like level 39 in Pokemon Go too. Um, I love Animal Crossing <gasps> and, um, I just taught myself or I started playing Splatoon, which I'm not <gasps> that good at. <laughs> I'm not that good, but I'm trying to get a little bit better, but I do. Yeah. I love, love games. And, uh, of course, like, you know, Mario Kart and like, um, other Nintendo stuff. Yeah. Uh, follow-up questions. Very serious. Uh, so, uh, would you rather have unlimited bacon, but no games oh. or... Unlimited games, but no games. Wait, unlimited games, but what? No but games. N- but no games. But no games? Yes. Um, I don't, I don't like either of those options. Mm. Like, yeah, one issues. leaves me with no bacon, <laughs> and the other one leaves me with no games. So, although I feel like no. I would probably... The second one's unlimited games, but no games. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with that option because I feel like I, I'm going to find a workaround in that. Okay. I'm going to find a loophole somewhere. I see. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you can just go get Korean barbecue. Yeah. Um, was oh, uh, based on the video games, have you been to Universal Studios since the Nintendo No, the area last time I went was right before they opened. They were, like con- they were finishing it up, so I haven't gone back since, but I really want to. Yeah, my, my kids say it's amazing. Oh, I'm so jealous. Hi, my name's Vivon. Um, so uh, I kind of want to turn the conversation back a bit to when you were talking about how you deal with people that you wouldn't prefer to work with again. So like, other than avoidance or confiding in someone else, how do you keep your mind intact and keep your work ethic strong through knowing that someone nearby is not someone you would prefer to work with? Mm-hmm. So I think obviously there's varying degrees to that, like of, of seriousness. So I think the first thing is if it's something that makes you like uncomfortable, you know, like there's a difference between just like just not getting along with that person versus like something more serious. So I think always make sure that in like a professional setting that you ensure that you you talk to somebody about that first, right? Like whether that's like your manager, your teacher, whoever, like having that communication first and foremost is always going to be important. Um, I think in a professional setting, A, focus on yourself, right? Like you still want to do your best work. And the other thing is, is that it's also an opportunity to learn, right? Like in the real world, developing those soft skills, like we're all going to have to work with people we don't want to work with. There's always going to be someone on your team that does like the bare minimum that just like doesn't care at all. And you're like, you know, it's, it's going to happen. And it happens everywhere professionally, so it's also like accepting that and understanding that. And like, it's like a muscle that you have to flex and that you have to kind of learn and, and practice day in and day out. Like, I'm not going to let you affect me. Like, I'm going to find a way to work with you because I think like str- like people who are going to excel at this are still going to be solutions oriented and find a way to work with that person, to communicate with that person. Um, you don't need to be that person's best friend. You don't need to talk about your weekend. I'm here to talk about work. We're doing this. This is your time, you know, and then moving on to the next thing. And then I think also like having an outlet, right? Having that like little girl's night with your friend, be like, oh, 
girl, you wouldn't believe the day I just had. Oh my God. You know, and having that venting session is also like a good part of that process as well. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Hi, my name is Zaina. Earthy girl. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how old are you now? 17. Oh my God. Um, so but <laughs> I had a question since you like mentioned that you were in a lot of productions. Was there like ever a time where you like showed up to rehearsal and you were just like, I don't know, like not feeling it because of like outside factors, like stuff at home and like what you did to like, I guess, like still move around that and mm-hmm. like be able to do your best work? Of course. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all human beings like and we're, we're people first. Right. So like there are going to be things in our day to day life that affect us in our work whether that's a production, whether that's professionally in real life. So that happens all the time. I think the best thing to do is to just, A, first and foremost, accept it. Okay, this is how I'm feeling. You take s- stock of like where you are at emotionally, what your what your capacity is for that day, and you're going to make a choice, right? I understand this is how I feel. I'm going to make the choice to continue to like try my best. I'm also going to make the choice to communicate. Hey, Mr. Vega, I'm really not feeling well today. I'm super distracted. This is what's going on. And make sure that you you communicate that first. Um, and, you know, again, remember, like, sometimes trying 100% or trying your best means that you maybe you only have 30% of that for that day, right? And, like, that 30% is still better than zero. So I think making sure that even if you're having a hard time, like, the way that you interact with others, like maybe you're a little bit quieter, but like, you know, you're not, you're still having a positive interaction with like those around you, I think is like a really good way to look at it. It's about like your mindset and understanding, like, I know I'm having a bad day today. I'm letting everyone else know I'm having a bad day today. Like I'm going to do my absolute best, but you know, communicating that and, and still, again, I think like putting in the effort, even if you're not at a hundred percent for that day. Thank you. Hi again. Hello again. All right. So you mentioned you played Splatoon. I have two questions for that. One, Inkling or Octoling? And two, what is your main? Okay. Uh, I did not understand the first question because I didn't get that far in Splatoon. It, it's like the, the character creator. Which type of character did you pick? Oh, um, the girl with the, her hair. I, oh, oh, yeah. It might be the second one. I don't oh, wait. Know. Okay. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you play the second game, there's not that option. Okay. But what, what do you main? I don't think I got that far. Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, full English, please. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. Whatever the big thing, the, the big one. The splatling? I think so. Oh, nice. The big nice. one is. Yeah, I like the, you know. Interesting. I like the power. Okay. Yeah. All right, thank you. Hi, my name is Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. I'm a junior this year, and I just got into theater. Do you have any tips with all your experience, specifically for beginners? Oh, yeah. I think... First is to be curious, right? I think that's a really good lesson that I've learned, not just in theater, but like also out in the real world is like being curious. Like if there's something that you have a question about, something that you want to know, like ask, right? Hey, Mr. Vega, can you tell me about this production? Or ask somebody else in the classroom who maybe has had a little bit more experience. Can you tell me about like what, what this means? You know, I think like showing that curiosity is always going to really help other people know that you're here, you're here to learn, and you're really looking forward to that. Um, And I would say take every opportunity, right? Like if there's an opportunity, no matter how small, if if it is to clear the set from Footloose and you're not in that product, you know, like take it, right? Like, because I think being involved and, and participating in any capacity is always going to be beneficial to you. It's always great to like try a bunch of different things and like really figure out what you like. Um, we don't always have to be like front and center stage every single time, Oscar winning monologue. Like that's not like the most important thing, right? Like it's about kind of the whole experience. And so I think like whatever opportunity comes your way, even if it's something that you think like, mm, I don't know if I'll like be into that right away. I think try it first and give yourself the opportunity to discover something new. All right. And another question. Um, how long have you been in cheer? It was one year. It was just my freshman year. So yeah. Like uh, your cheer experience. Like, did you do it in like middle school? Or? Oh, it was, it was my freshman year of high school. So like in, in middle school, you do like a cheer boot camp, and then you like, if you want to try out as a freshman. So I did that in orange County and then didn't try out for the team because that's when I found out I was moving here. So then immediately like came up here and then did the tryouts. And then I think cheer practice like starts a little bit earlier. And then yeah. it was like, yeah, that one year. So how was it like giving that up? 
Um, like how did you cope or like just had you? I mean, I think as I mentioned earlier, ultimately, like it was an easier decision for me because I knew that I felt so much more passionately about like theater and really wanting to grow in this space. I think like when we look at athletics or like other extracurriculars, like all those things are important to like being well-rounded and having those experiences. Um, but, and like, of course, like, you, you know, when you see like the cheerleaders, like in their cute little outfits, like having fun at the games, you're like, Oh, like uh-huh, a little bit. But I knew that I was gaining so much more in this environment for me. And that's like ultimately what I really wanted. Right. Like I made that choice. I knew what I wanted and I, and I got it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't regret it. And you know, it was so much fun. Thank you. Hi, my name is Aria. Hi. So uh, Vega tells us a lot about his little side quest that he goes on, and I was wondering what your favorite part of Vega lore is. What's <gasps> like? <laughs> what's oh my like, god! What's like your most favorite story that he's told you? That's a t- that's there. Oh, there's so many like <laughs> Vega lore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think one of the funniest was, like, I wasn't involved in this, but it was, like, way back when, before, I don't remember if this was before theater was a thing, but when you and Zach, when you (laughs) took him to the speech and debate competition, and it was, like, just the two of them at the airport, like, (laughs) traveling together, and, like, he had to go on this whole other side quest for, like, one single student to do something for speech and debate, and I think it just, like, really goes to show you that, like, he cares so deeply about his students that even if it's something that, you know, it's not for, like, the whole group, and it's, even if it's just for one, one kid, and they need that whatever it is from him that he's going to go to, he is going to take you to the airport. He is going to get on a flight. He is going to be there for you. So I, I remember like hearing about that all the time and that was hilarious to me. Um, but I think that that definitely comes to mind as like a fun little Vega side quest for <laughs> sure. And then I had another question. What's your favorite like thing that you look back on and so laugh at that's a part of your like theater experience? <laughs> okay. Um, we, I don't know if you guys still do this, but one of the traditions traditions that we did was like, we would randomly have a wedding during the <laughs> musical. And <laughs> like, it was the most, cause like, you know, like there's always gonna be like a couple of like showmances <laughs> every now and again, you know? And um, it wasn't even like really a showmance. It was more of like a joke showmance. <laughs> um, and we decided that two of our castmates should like get married. So we like threw this like little wedding. They sang <laughs> to each other. It was so cute. We all celebrated. And um, yeah, looking back, I'm like, what? Did, why did we do that? Like that Because was... Giselle fell in love with, with, Aldrin. with Aldrin's voice. But, I mean, he was a beautiful <laughs> singer. She fell in love with his voice. She said that she would marry his voice. Yeah. And so unbeknownst to me, you guys had this wedding. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell's the going room. on? <laughs> and it became a tradition. And I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. And it's like whenever I saw you guys working on it, I would just turn around and walk out. <laughs> I think the other the other thing I'll say is like super, super stereotypical. It's the quintessential like after the show, we would like go to like IHOP, IHOP. and Denny's and IHOP. be like the obnoxious theater people at like <laughs> one in the morning at Denny's after the show. But oh my, we had great Chinese. We did so much fun. We had so much fun yeah. doing that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Hello again. Hi again. <laughs> Do you have any like stage mishap stories or just really funny stories in general stage mishap stories um oh okay it's <laughs> it wasn't mine personally but it was during the Laramie project oh <laughs> and there's a scene where like we all take these like pvc like pipes and white sheets and we have to like we're supposed <laughs> We're supposed to be angels. And I remember that they're like, there wasn't enough fabric or something. <laughs> and poor Joy, like Joy Afodu, again, absolutely phenomenal talent. Um, she, what was left was like, so we, it was supposed to be like a long white robe. Sorry, like a long white robe. Um, no mask, lol. But 
But hers was like so short that it was like a tiny little bib. And I think for some reason, this was like right before opening night or like mm-hmm. it was our, right? And so it was the first time we, had, everything was like super last minute and we were all like rushing and panicking. And like we go on stage and there's like all, all these angels with like misshapen <laughs> wings and like the robes. And I remember she was so upset because she was like, I had to go out there in like a little bib. And we were all like, we were all like distraught for her. And that was, that was a, that was definitely a little, a little mishap. I remember that one for yep. sure. <laughs> Thank you. Oh Hi, Taylor. Hi. I'm Pierce. And um, Pierce. I just wanted to say that you are so wise and so insightful. And <laughs> I just loved hearing you talk the whole time. Um, but instead of a serious question, um, I was going to ask if you could give us uh, more Vega lore. More Vega But tell lore. us, like, what was 2014 Vega like? Mm. We have to know. Okay. Throwback. Stacks of, like, Diet Coke. <laughs> he still does that. No, she's serious. Like, there would be a stack. Like a stack. Like a stack of six or 12 packs. Like, they would. <laughs> they were stacked up next to my desk. Yeah. Because I think someone had given it someone, to you. Yeah, someone gave birthday. me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, the last time I saw him, too, when I came to visit, I, I also brought you. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I forgot, so I forgot to say because I was working. But. but, yeah, no, Some a friend of mine had sent me... Um, 12 12 packs and so, <laughs> so the, just, the custodians <laughs> delivering these i have a lot of things for you and i'm like what the heck is this and i opened it and there i just started laughing and so mm-hmm. oh uh, they were just stacked there another good vega lore is scary vega oh i wanted to hear about this yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i want to hear because like we all know that he's like the most lovable like nurturing dad but sometimes you piss your dad off and sometimes your dad is gonna tell you that you pissed him off and that you guys are just you guys <laughs> you guys <laughs> are you know and i i don't remember i want to say it was little shop <laughs> yeah probably and I, you know, I think that rehearsal, like things just like weren't go. We just like weren't hitting, you know, like, you know, when a rehearsal is great and you're like hitting your marks and you know when it's not and there's a lot of work to be done. And I remember we got like a very serious lecture after one of them. And he was like, you know, like you guys need to step it up right now. There are two people that are stealing the show and one of them is not even on stage. And we were all like... (laughs) Just shaking in our boots, like dead silent, like you know, because you don't you don't want to disappoint your dad, right? Like it's like it's like a very you know, like we we as I said, like being in a production, it's it's a privilege, right? So, like getting that feedback, like sometimes you need you need to hear that, right? And so I think I can count on my hand, like there were probably a couple of times that you you really broke out the like the hey yeah like knock it off type of thing. Like he didn't really he's not really a yeller. He's more of a like a that straight you know I'm angry and I'm going to talk at this level right here yeah. and, like, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I remember that one. And we were all, like, like, we had, like, a little meeting in the green room after, like, you know, you go, we, we, we need to step it up. Like, because, like, after, you're, like, your dad yells at you and you're, like, you're, like, I'm going to run away. Like, <laughs> I don't even care. But so we had, like, two seconds of that. And then after that, we were, like, all right, guys, like, you heard the man. Like, let's get it together. And I think, like, the next, the next ones, the next rehearsals were a lot better. Yeah. But, yeah, that was... Some wow. uh, some intense vega lore for you, yeah. That's crazy. Thank you. You're so Welcome. funny and awesome. <laughs> oh, you guys are so funny and awesome too. <laughs> Hi, I'm Vikram, and Hi, I had Vikram. two questions. Okay. Uh, my first one is, what's your favorite legendary Pokemon? Oh my god, that's so hard. Um, hmm, so many. I I want to almost say like. Kyogre because he's so useful in raids but I think for like nostalgia sake I probably would say like Mew because he's so cute I have a Mew on my um shield team and his name is Bartholomew (laughs) oh that's so good um so I would say like Mew or like Shadow Mew too is also like a pretty sick one but I mean there's so there's so many it's like hard to like pick a favorite you know what's your favorite my favorite's Rayquaza Oh, okay. Actually, I lied. See, you're right. Exactly, you're right. Exactly. I have a shiny Rayquaza that's uh, three stars, actually. Dude. And his name is Corndog. Yo! Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I also have another one that's, he's not shiny, but he is a, he's a hundo. He's like a max. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Oh, anyways, my second question is, are you, are you a furry by chance? Like, per chance? <laughs> I, uh, no, but, okay. you know, I... I mean, I don't think I'd, like, consider myself to be one, but, like, I would, like, hang out and, like, 
you know. If you were a furry, what would your fursona be? My fur, my fursona. Um, and it, you could also be a scaly, which is like reptiles. A, that's new. I haven't heard. Of, I haven't heard of that one. Um, oh, okay. So you're you're the you're the you're the furry. No, I'm not. What the? F- <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, let's I'm ask not, the I'm not, audience. I'm not I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I mean, I feel like my fursona would probably be like an, a more heightened version of myself. So like, I'd probably be like, I'd probably be like a diva. Like I'd go like Mariah Carey. Like I'd be like, you know, <laughs> get out of my way. I don't want to walk right now. Like, um, but yeah, or, or maybe, maybe I'd be like, just maybe like super goofy. I feel like. What animal? Oh, what animal? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I think I would definitely, I, I'm like black cat energy for sure. Would you be a black cat in Zootopia too? <laughs> like in if, Zootopia? You, if you were in Zootopia. If I was in Zootopia, ooh, uh, that's a tough one. Maybe, maybe I'd be like a black panther because I wouldn't want to be like too tiny. I'd want to be like a little bit bigger in Zootopia. Yeah. Okay, thank you. A <laughs> lot, lot, lot of animal questions. I know. <laughs> Hello. Hi. I have two questions. Uh, okay. One, would you consider yourself um, educated in terms of our generation's um, innovative vocabulary? For the most part, yeah. I mean, my my younger sister is thirteen, and I'm like chronically online. So okay, yeah. So um, if someone were to riz you up, I just knew he was gonna say what. What, <laughs> what is what is your reaction, and why is it to run away? Uh. <laughs> I mean, I think it's okay. It depends on like who is trying to riz me up and like what they're saying, you know, like I think um, if listen, my, my typical rule is that as long as someone approaches me respectfully, I will respond respectfully. Having said that, (laughs) you know, that's not always the case. Like, um, God, LA, for example, like they are weird. Like, I had a man in a full ski mask and goggles, like lean forward and be like, what's your name? And I was like, no, please, <laughs> sir. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm, no, no, thank you. I once got hit on at LAX by a man with a broken leg <laughs> in the parking lot. So that was that was interesting. Uh, I was like, worry about walking first before <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, I think like I would only run away if like they were being like very weird, like making me uncomfortable, like trying to be like demanding of my time or pushy, um, you know, I think. But like men and women approach very differently also. Like women tend to be more respectful and like, you know, mm-hmm. whereas like men are a little more unhinged, but that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, totally related question. I'm sure you may or may not have heard of the infamous Vega Fitz account. What ha, what ha, what is your opinion on Mr. Vega's amazing fashion sense? Okay, I have not heard of this account, but you guys, that yeah, Vega Fitz on Instagram. All right, I'm gonna find it. It's not my account. <laughs> Speaking of that, I literally told him his shirt was cool. Like today, I, that was yeah. like the first thing I said. I was like, "You look crisp." Like, it's okay. We can finish. There's a little bit of, of a break. Um, but yeah, so I think that he's always had great sense of style, like the bowling shirt, the black and tan bowl. That is like quintessential, iconic, like, yeah. So that's what I always think of when I think of you. Thank you. Five stars. Yeah. Okay. Let's make it quick. Hi. Hey. Um, so firstly, this is um, obviously my first viewing because I'm a theater. Um, do you happen to have tips on how to combat like nervousness or stage fright when performing? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I'm definitely like, I feel like when I um, audition, I always get really nervous. Like I'm an anxious person. I have <laughs> general anxiety disorder, according to my doctor, um, which is fine. But I, I think first and foremost, it's practice, like getting yourself comfortable with like putting yourself out there and like practicing that because when you're in that moment where you're on stage or you're auditioning, like you're going to revert right back to what you've practiced, right? So really giving yourself the time to go through and, 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 and rehearse like whatever it is that you're doing, I think is going to help you the most. Um, and then again, like accepting that like you're new, right? Like I think we, our natural inclination is to fear our anxiety and to fear that nervousness. We're like, oh, hey, it's you again. Like, oh God, you know, but like become friends with 
that girl. Like, hey, like you, what's up, girl? Like, and I think like if you accept it and become a little bit more comfortable with it, that's going to help you kind of get over that hump to get to the next point where you can move past that a little bit, right? Like it might never go away completely and a little bit of that is good and is healthy. Um, But, you know, understanding that, again, practice makes perfect. And just like having a little acceptance and also forgiving yourself, right? Like I think like we tend to be really hard on ourselves. My therapist says I'm overly critical of others because I'm overly critical of myself. So like if you're a little more like forgiving and like you're kind to yourself too, like I think that's going to help you and it'll go a long way with helping that like nervousness and anxiety. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting perspective. Um, Thanks. And also what is your favorite smell? My favorite smell, mm, that's a hard one. I would say, like, you know when you guys go to, like, do you have salt and straw up here? Salt and straw? And you smell, like, the sugar. I would say that's that's a really good one. Um, Or, like, for me, it's got to be, like, food smells. Like, when you're cooking and garlic, onions, butter, sauteing in a pan. Fried chicken. Oh. Yeah. Be my favorite smell. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Taylor, it's always so wonderful to speak to you. You too. Uh, I miss you greatly, and I'm glad that you reached out and were able to come in today. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, everyone. Thank you for having me. Taylor Kim. <laughs> Join us again next time when we interview someone else here inside the TV drama room.